You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you after what ended up being a pretty okay weekend, I guess, for the Braves up in Philadelphia. Didn't start out the way they wanted it to with back-to-back losses, but it ended the way they needed it to with back-to-back victories. We'll talk about Sunday's win, the good, the bad, and everything in between. And, of course, get you set up for the three-game series in Washington with an eye ahead to a three-game series against the New York Mets that also grows closer by the day. Before we get into any of that, I want to remind you to subscribe here on YouTube to Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you enable those alerts so you get notified every time we drop a new episode. And make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Jake, I would call Sunday a marathon-type game for the Braves. It started at 1 in the afternoon. It ended, I guess, some six-plus hours later, thanks to a two-hour rain delay smack dab in the middle of this thing. But uh, for the Braves, as we said, and as you'll, uh, I'm sure, co-sign on, you can win ugly, but you can't lose pretty, and they needed this win no matter how ugly it was. Yeah, a lot of resiliency, especially by the offense in the bullpen, which I know we'll get into, but multiple times in this game, this offense having to come back after jumping mm-hmm. out to an early lead, you know, that to me is a very encouraging sign for an offense that's been struggling up until these past couple of games for them to be able to do that uh, and come back and win a couple of games. And oh yeah, your best player returning with a little bit of heroic mm-hmm. slate in the game as well, which I'm sure we'll get into. So overall, at the end of the day, it's a win. Like I said, or like you said, would love to go in there at Philadelphia and at least win that series. But with the way things started, be able to earn a split on the road against a team fighting for the postseason. You know, at the end of the day, you, you know, you'll you'll certainly take that. And really, only one of these games got so out of hand that the Braves didn't have a chance in it. That one nothing loss, that's a rarity for Atlanta. That hadn't happened too many times this year. It was the first time they've been shut out since the middle of June. So uh, Philadelphia, give them credit. They took the first couple of games, and they need every single game they can just to make sure that they're able to hold off the Padres and perhaps hold off the Brewers. They can't really afford a slip up here down the stretch either. So a lot being played for by both teams. And, of course, the Braves trying to keep pace with the New York Mets who put a thumping on the Oakland Athletics on Sunday. So Atlanta very much needed this win to keep it to a game and a half, and they very much got the victory and still trail New York by that one-and-a-half game margin. Let's talk about game number 153, finale of a four-game set against the Phillies. It took 11 innings, but the Braves improved to 95-58 and 58 with eight runs on 11 hits and error. Nine men left aboard, Phillies 83-69. and 69. Seven runs, 10 hits, no errors, eight men left on base for them. Jackson Stevens, two big innings of relief with what appeared to be maybe an arm or two unavailable out in that bullpen, or at least you're trying to stay away from him. He was able to shut, uh, shut the door after the Braves got their extra innings run scoring rally going, and he picks up the win. He's three and two. Andrew Bellotti takes a loss, drops to four and four. Game lasted four hours, nine minutes. Also throwing a two hour and nine minute rain delay. Uh, 32,090 were on hand to see it, or at least paid for the opportunity to see it at Citizens Bank Park. And what they saw, as you mentioned, Jake, was kind of a back-and-forth battle between these two teams. You had the Braves jump on the board with a couple of runs. The Phillies answer with three runs against Charlie Morton in the bottom half. Braves tie it up. Phillies answer an inning later. Braves go back ahead. Phillies answer in the fifth. This was a back-and-forth battle. And I guess, you know, as we'll talk about the Atlanta offense and the good work that they were doing, especially early, to find an answer for some of these problems, this was not a good day for Charlie Morton. He did not escape the fifth inning. The weather certainly didn't help. But six earned runs on six hits, three walks for him, two home runs, both to Kyle Schwarber. 
you and I talked about this last night, what Charlie Morton needed out of this start and perhaps the, the next couple of starts heading toward the postseason. This was not an example of that. This was an absolute clunker at an inopportune time. But, hey, the offense kind of bailed him out. The offense certainly did. But, I mean, you're absolutely right. We talked about it with the Strider injury. You're looking for Kyle Wright. You're looking for Charlie Morton to really step up here. And, again, we've talked about it for a while now. Really need Charlie Morton to be that guy. Uh, and this season, this year, he just hasn't been that on a consistent basis. We know it's there. The strikeout stuff, you know, reaches 200 strikeouts. I mean, the strikeout stuff is there. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think he's still going to be able to 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 get get it done in the postseason. But you just need some more consistency out of him. I'll give him a little bit of break in that, that fifth inning with all the rain coming down. But even sure. before that, I mean, things just weren't going well for him you mentioned two more home runs that's been a problem for him this year it's been a lot of problem for pitchers who face Kyle Schorber but uh it's certainly the home run ball has hurt him a bunch this year so need him to get going Uh, Braves need him to be that that guy in the postseason that he's been in the past but this was not a start that gives you a ton of confidence going forward with Charlie Morton yeah, Charlie Morton now a career-high 26 home runs allowed. That's the highest rate of any season that he's had since uh, what was a pretty awful uh, third season in the big leagues with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And, you know, at that point, you're talking about a very different pitcher in his mid to late 20s. It's been a long time since Charlie Morton has gotten hit around or gotten hit around uh, for this amount of home runs. In fact, he bounced right back after that disastrous season early on to become a pitcher who just does not allow very many home runs. 16 was all he allowed a season ago. He's already 10 over that, still has at least one more outing to go, and you figure all of them right now are as important as they possibly get. Now, there were some uh, some things that I guess are noteworthy because we've talked about some of the great things that some of these Braves players have done that we haven't seen since the 1890s. we got another one of those in this game because with four strikeouts, that's 200 on the season for Charlie Morton. That's a good milestone, and congrats to him. Fourth time in his career. First time the Braves have had two starting pitchers with 200 or more strikeouts since all the way back in 1886. So you know we've done something if we're able to invoke the name of Old Haas Radborn and a name that we've learned not too long ago when Spencer Strider was busy uh, getting all those punch outs to get to 200 uh, with Bill Steinmeier, who I was not familiar with, but a good trip down the baseball reference rabbit hole. And I'm starting to learn all kinds of things about the 1880s uh, Boston Bean Eaters, the Boston Doves, the Boston Rustlers, whatever else they were before they became the Braves. Yeah, it's really cool to see all the the records that are being broken this year. We talked about Dansby Swanson, you know, I think the first player since the 1800s, shortstop since the 1800s with over 90 runs batted in in a season. So, I mean, just all kind of great stats that are they're being broken by this Braves team, which shows you, you know, how good they are. And again, I mentioned it's why I have so much hope and optimism still for Charlie Morton and obviously hopefully Spencer Strider when he gets back because that strikeout potential plays up in the postseason. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to have those guys who can get the strikeouts. And obviously those are two of the better ones on the Braves pitching staff. So be able to have those guys healthy, pitching like they're capable, I think obviously gives the Braves the best chance to win in the postseason. No doubt about it. I mean, as you mentioned with Kyle Schwarber, I mean, he swatted a National League leading total in home runs with two more on Sunday. So, I mean, you you know he's going to get you every once in a while, but just with Charlie, it's just been such a problem this year. Hit batsman is something that's usually part of his game. It's mixed in there somewhere, but it just seems like a walk or a hit batsman or maybe a walk and a hit batsman. The next thing you know, a ball's flying out of the ballpark or he's just getting hit hard. And that's just not what we've come to expect from Charlie Morton over the past few years, and particularly as good as he looked in 2021. He's just got to figure out a way to find himself at this important time of year 
so that he can make some important starts and pitch some important innings, the most important innings for this club. And it wasn't too long ago where we were thinking, oh, man, Charlie Morton got hurt. How in the world are the Braves going to overcome that on the biggest stage in all of baseball? And they were able to do that. But yeah, Charlie just has not looked quite like the pitcher that he was a year ago from a consistency standpoint. Strikeout stuff certainly there. It's hard to argue with that. He's missing some bats, but it's just being able to keep the ball in the park and being able to minimize damage. He has not been able to do that as well uh, in recent days. So, or excuse me, in recent starts, especially he's had a really rough month of September, just continues to get hit around. And that's something that the Braves are going to have to figure out. And particularly uh, Charlie Morton is going to have to figure out 15 earned runs in his last 21 and two thirds innings over his last four starts, 19 hits, 10 walks, five home runs. He struck out 25 guys, but with that kind of damage, Jake, and that many base runners all over the place, it makes it a little bit tough. So this was a good day for the offense to, as the uh, the old saying goes, have their hitting shoes on. Dansby Swanson had his 22nd home run of the year. He knocked in three runs. And you mentioned the Braves' best player, the guy that you really feel like is going to be a focal point of this offense if things are going well, Ronald Acuna Jr. was able to come back in and play a big part in the late innings, including knocking in the game, uh, the go-ahead run in the two-run 11th inning that the Braves put together. That, I think, is something to be optimistic about, that you got Ronald back out on the field. And, yeah, and that he played in the field. I think yeah. that's, you know, obviously very encouraging right there. And, you know, don't forget the intentional walk that set up, you know, to yeah. load the bases for the wild pitch in the game-tying run. I mean, that's just the threat that he is. And and I've seen it, too, the last couple of games without him as well. You know, fly balls to right field. You're seeing, you know, runners tag up on Robbie Grossman, no offense to Robbie Grossman, but if Acuna's out there, I think maybe you see some runners hesitate. I think maybe you see some runners get thrown out. So, I mean, that's just how important he is and the difference maker that he is when he's out there, not just in the lineup, but in the field as well. So, yes, very encouraging to see Ronald Acuna Jr. out there, come up with a, a big hit there to take the lead in the 11th. And, again, you just immediately see the impact he has on the game when he's in there. You really do. And with Ronald being part of both of the pivotal rallies late in this game, you had to know that if he's in the lineup and or just able to get back out there and affect the game in any way, shape, or form, something good can happen. And in fact, it did. In fact, the Braves won this game, thanks in large part to some of the uh, contributions he made late in this game. I want to remind you, of course, that Coffee AM is the official sponsor of the Braves postcast. And Coffee AM is an Atlanta-based small batch coffee roaster. Head on over to coffeeam.com slash locked on today. Take a look at their full menu of coffees, teas, and gift sets at coffeeam.com slash locked on. Use the coupon code locked on to get 15% off your first order as well. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. I think we covered kind of the lion's share of the big storylines from this one. A rough start for Charlie Morton, a very good day for the Braves offense, a very opportunistic run scoring occurring later. Ronald Acuna Jr. jumping back in there, but I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the fact that Michael Harris II was at it again, just continuing to strengthen what has already been a rookie of the year case that might end up in him actually being able to edge out his teammate Spencer Strider, which, I mean, between these two guys, the Braves have got this award in the bag. But it just when you feel like one of them might have moved ahead of the other with some kind of big performance in the case of Strider or some kind of big hit in the case of Harris, the other one seems to find a way to answer. And with Strider down for the rest of the regular season, Michael Harris could come up with some big hits down the stretch and really just put the icing on the cake He's got a chance for a 2020 season this year, Jake. That's how good this guy's been. That's something they didn't get out of Ronald Acuna Jr. as a rookie. And and being moved up in the lineup without Ronald, I mean, he's moving up to the two-hold as well. So, I mean, just really clicking along wherever they put him and just continuing to play well and do good things for this ball team. But um, I don't I, I don't want to get out of here without mentioning the bullpen in this game as of well. Course. 
I mean, the job that they did coming in after the rain delay and shutting down this Phillies offense to keep the team in the game was just truly impressive. You mentioned Jackson Stevens, the work he did in those last two innings. I mean, the bullpen for the Braves has stepped up a lot because starters have not been going very deep lately into games. We haven't seen them go six innings in a little bit, and that's put a lot of stress on this bullpen. Snickers had to try to navigate that, keep guys rested, and for them to be able to go out and still perform like that and to be able to give the Braves offense a chance to come back. I think they obviously deserve a lot of credit for this win on Sunday. Most definitely. And I feel like the Braves bullpen, while you'll hear all about it on a night that it goes wrong, more times than not, this group has given the Braves a chance to win and helping them hold on to leads and turn those into wins. You don't have the kind of run of success the Braves have had since June the 1st if the bullpen was the kind of liability that you'd be led to believe when these guys who are, in fact, human do blow a game and something does go sideways. Doesn't make losing any more fun, just pointing out that of the uh, the groups that have contributed to the Braves and their success this year, that bullpen has been, I think, top five in just about every category that matters across Major League Baseball as far as being one of the more reliable groups of relievers. It just ain't going to happen every single night. But I feel like more times than not, this group has answered the call for Brian Snitker and his club and helped them turn uh, this one into a win, allowing just, what, one run over the final six and a third innings. And in an unearned game. run. That was the ghost runner. So Right. And, and that's the whole other thing is, you know, you won't even have it if it's not for the free base runners. So you pointed it out, and it certainly bears repeating. If you're picking, you know, a, a quote-unquote MVP for this game, it might just be the collective group of the bullpen that picks it up, though the return of Acuna, certainly a big story as well. One other thing I wanted to note about this win, it gives the Braves 95 on the season, as I said earlier. Last 100-win season for the Braves was 2003. So, Jake, with five wins in the next nine games, the Braves could get to 100 wins. The question, though, is going to be, where are the Mets going to be? How many wins are they going to have by the time they're all said and done here? And we'll find out. But Atlanta finds itself a game and a half back, heading into the three-game series against the Washington Nationals, an off day on Thursday. And we'll set up that series in a moment. But at the rate that the Braves have been going, you know, you would have thought a 100-win season would be enough to win the National League East if it's the most that you've had in nearly two decades. But this rivalry between the Braves and the Mets is coming down to the wire. Yeah, it's going to be a fun fun weekend uh, in Atlanta. Hopefully, weather holds up. Um, I'm already hearing reports of a hurricane coming in. So, uh, yeah, so after after what we've dealt with today, hopefully that doesn't continue and mess up what should just be a really fun and entertaining series. You play all season long. Like I said, both teams really good. These are two really good ball clubs. And it's really going to come down to three games at the end of the year. So really looking forward to that. And the Braves, you know, getting close to 100 wins. Look, they're about to play a Nationals team. Yes, they're going to have to fly later than expected, going to arrive later than expected and play that series. But obviously a winnable one. And you got the Marlins at the end of the year who just lost their manager. So, uh, you know, a good chance either way outside of this Mets series to pick up some wins. But certainly those three in Atlanta against your division rival, they're going to be key. Yeah, interesting note. The Braves were actually going to travel by train from Philadelphia to Washington. They're going to go to the White House as the world champions from 2021, be recognized for that, meet the president, all that good stuff. So the Braves have a very uh, old school kind of a trip to D.C. going on. But the business that they need to take care of, it is three victories over the Washington Nationals. That's what they need to take away from that series heading into that off day. I want to remind you, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games, reviews and news of every league, MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Head on over to betonline.net today. Use your mobile device and learn more about the action that's happening at BetOnline, where the game starts. 
Braves will be starting Bryce Elder in game one against the Washington club on Monday evening. Elder's one and three, some really big starts from him down the stretch. I cannot stress that enough, how important his presence has been in the Braves rotation. Whenever he's been called upon, he has stepped in and given the Braves a chance to win. 338 ERA on the year. Corey Abbott, 0-3, 485. Braves just saw him. Both these clubs know each other pretty well. Last time they're going to be meeting here in 2022. And one thing that has gone right on the Braves' schedule, and if you're looking at taking advantage of games and, and series that you're supposed to win, the Braves have done that against Washington this year, save that first meeting that they had way back in April. And you mentioned it. This has to be three wins. I mean, you want to come back and get and get the Mets, you got to win these three games and set up that series at the very least being a game and a half back. Hopefully you win all three and pick up a game in there somewhere. But at the very least, you got to go into that Mets series with where you are now. You can't lose any more ground. So very important. Obviously, that gets off to start on Monday night with Bryce Elder, as you mentioned, been very big in these games for the Braves, but more so for me, I want to see this offense just continue to get going. I mean, they've done a good job these last two games. You go back to that national series. Yeah, they won it, but even the offense in that, you just felt like they were missing that breakout performance, putting some of those games away. So I'd love to see that happen this time around in that Washington series, take some stress off these pitchers and that bullpen and see the offense really get going, especially heading into that Mets series over the weekend. Yeah, Bryce Elder would love to see it, I'm sure. It's always more fun to pitch with a lead or when your offense is scoring you a whole bunch of runs. And even if things do get a little bit out of hand the way they did on Sunday, the more you score and the team with the most always ends up with the win. It's just simple math and the simple reality and one that the Braves want to be living in over the next three days, no matter what the final score is. It's Bryce Elder, Corey Abbott, 7.05 p.m. Eastern time at Nationals Park for game one of a three-game set against the Nationals. That'll bring us to the end of the Braves postcast. As always, I want to invite you to subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta here on YouTube and Locked On Braves, wherever you get your podcast. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. Once again, your final. It was the Braves 8 and the Phillies 7 in 11 innings as Atlanta splits the weekend series and heads off to Washington. We will look forward to catching you after that one. And until then, so long, everyone. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 